Because you, oh, I got, I'm on now. Okay. So I, if you'll remember during uh, that COVID thing, we did, uh, Adrian and I ended up just kind of having conversations about Jesus and his kingdom while sitting on the couch together. And we never quite figured out how not to talk over each other. Because we are both, oh, I feel like we've let this monitor come between us. Something's eh? coming between us. I don't know. Here, come here. Giggle closer. I knew, okay. And uh, we never quite figured that out. But know that we, we have a lot of grace for each other when we do that. But anyway, uh, Lord Jesus, help us. Uh, I started, I think, a misguided thinking about like this being, this is not our last Sunday at Central Vineyard. This is our last Sunday as the lead pastors. And we're super excited to be a part of this community as pastoral type people, but not titled people. We, we just want to, we want to be just peers with you guys, and nothing's going to change with our enthusiasm for Jesus or his kingdom or encouraging other people in that direction. So uh, I initially had this thing, and it just felt a little too dramatic for me. It was like, you know, uh, parting words with Central Vineyard thing I wanted to say. And then I, I thought I, I wanted to spend some time just laughing and thanking God for what he's done. But really, with an emphasis, I think the best days are to come for this church. Amen. You, you want to add to that? Well, yesterday, Jeff and I were kind of chatting a little bit, and I, what I said was, I just want to, oh, first of all, I'm going to try really hard not to cry. There are a lot of you, several of you here who are not a part of this community per se. You're visiting family. And so this is a little bit of a different Sunday for you to just uh, uh, arrive cold turkey to play. So I just wanted to warn you guys, this is not a typical Sunday per se, but we're just grateful that each and every one of you are here. Hope you feel loved and blessed this morning and welcomed. Um, and let's see, I, I am, yeah, Jeff and I were talking yesterday. It's extremely overwhelming to think about um, we were like, ah, what do we say? So the thing that kind of stood out to us the most was we just wanted to thank God for his faithfulness to us. And we just all wanted of to us. bless all of us. And the we, royal us. The royal us. And we wanted to just bless all of you because we're so grateful for you. We're so thankful for all that God has brought us through. And we kind of wanted to story tell a little bit. I was just thinking, and, Yeah. So, the, so I just wanted to start with, um, there's a passage that, was, that has been really important to me over the years that, um, that God's just kind of encouraged me with, and I want to give it to you guys and just bless you with it. And then you, you wanted to share a passage as well, didn't you, sweetie? Yeah. You so, know, I'm kind of a broken record. I got my go-to passages. And it's good that way. It's all good that way. Repetition is good for our brains and our hearts. So let's bow our heads and pray. And just invite the Holy Spirit. Oh, thank you, God. Lord, give us a minute, Father, just to breathe in your goodness. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for the breath in our lungs. Thank you, God, for uh, your Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, that we are never alone in this life, Lord. You are with us, and we can look around. We have one another. You're just so good, Father. So come, Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord. I mean, each of us are here 
and you know our journey. We all in our hearts are in different places, and you are good like that. You can bless each and every one of us, Lord, with what we need. So thank you, God, for this time. Thank you, God, for this togetherness. You're so good, Lord. Amen. Amen. So I wanted to read 1 Corinthians, but Lord have mercy, I don't have my glasses. That was dumb. Okay, talk for a minute. I'm going to grab my glasses. Well, you're going to have to wait a minute then. I'm going to read Colossians 3, 1 through 4. I love it so much I even got it tattooed on my wrist. And we had it read at our wedding. And had it read at our wedding because when I would start to lose my stuff, I'd start shaking my hands and I'd see the Bible verse that reminds me. That's plan anyway. <laughs> hey, you know. Doesn't hurt. So since then, you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ... Oh, that's the wrong... Verse. <laughs> yes. You know Colossians 3 12. Yes, yeah, see the Bible? You want one? Okay. I see I trust the I trust the You can tell I'm a little bit nervous. Oh, you're okay. Sweetheart. Okay, it's this one. Therefore I I don't do numbers very well. Therefore is God's chosen people holy and dearly loved. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And I just want to say, this has been important to me, and it's really been a formative just in our view of what is church and what it is to be a community together and what I look forward to in being a part of this church in the next coming years is it just begins where anything we do sprouts from preemptive love of God. God already loves us. In fact, he can't love us anymore because once you perfectly wholly love someone, there's no leveling up from there. It's mind-blowing. The only thing to grow is our grasp or our panoramic view of that love. And that's what everything, that's the one thing that sets, I believe, following Jesus apart from following any other ideology, figurehead, or philosophy is love. It sprouts from the soil of unconditional love. And what I love also, it says we're holy. God's preemptive holiness is he he changes us, but he's already given us the status of you're mine, you're set apart, you're special, you're precious, you're uh, artistic masterwork. He confers that status on us. We don't achieve it. But and then therefore, I wanted to go to that part. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was our first talking over. If you're playing bingo, Sorry. <laughs> um, clothe yourselves. And actually, in the original language, the idea is like putting on your clothes every day. And I love this because there's this idea that you can have achievement unlocks and not have to revisit certain levels in following God. And the reality is there's just certain mundane things we do every day just like you don't know when your kid is growing if you you have a child you don't recognize your kid growing day to day to day but year to year you really notice and that's what growth is like for us and the idea is an intentional routine of putting on the garment of humility and gentleness
yeah. and kindness. And this is for aspir- those who are following along at home. This is Colossians three yeah. twelve. If anybody, this is aspirational. I don't think I can ever say yes. I'm gentle, you know, or yes, I'm kind. I can say I'm gentler than I was last year. I hope I'm kinder than I was last year. You know, always beware. Always beware people that self-describe themselves as like the apotheosis of any of the fruit of the Spirit or anything like that because everything's a journey. And uh, this is kind of everything we've done at this church has tried to honor the slow, gradual, mundane process of hope infusing our lives. And what I really look forward to is uh, this has been a fraught transition process in, in, in some ways and it involved some hardship that kind of caught me off guard. You know, I don't want to give too much air to that, but it is one of the hardest bits of the last 20 years, to be quite honest, the last six months. And uh, just trusting God, you know, trusting God to be... Uh, you know, the guy that uh, knows my heart, gets my back and stuff, and not worrying about That's the about quote of the else. day so far. Trusting God to be the guy that has your back. Yeah. And I, but I want to say something about this is, uh, as I, one thing that was brought forward by everyone is we want to continue on in our mission and our ethos. And I want to say, guys, I think that the kingdom stays the same. Some of the way things look in the rhythms will probably slowly grow different because, frankly, we're a lot different than what we started up as. You know, people, like, that's so hard when you do someone's biography, like their spiritual biography. It's like you take a snapshot of where they were at one point and describe what they believed. But Central Vineyard has been a a moving work in progress, kind of like an art installation that gets things added May I interrupt you for a May I have a moment? Because I want to talk about what were we when we started. I want to talk about that a little okay, bit. But, okay, I want to try to remember what I was saying. Sorry. No, we planned to do this. We planned not to plan. I'm sorry. There you go. Please. Go ahead, honey. No, 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 no. Oh, um, and just the idea is, like, don't... Under, what I'm looking forward to is it was wanting to preserve what was good in this church and wanting to grow because we're still figuring out this post-COVID thing. That was a trauma. It's kind of like you put a grand piano on a shag carpet for 10 years and then you move it off. It's hard to get those to re-tuft the carpet up. Um, and uh, I'm thinking of grandma and grandpa's old green shag. Yeah, I was going to say. Exactly. My grandparents had a canary yellow piano because of the 60s. Anyway. Because, you know, it's as... as but, it's so interesting that before we even knew what was happening, like, I found, like, so much uh, kinship with Jared and so much of how he's living out and how he's cultivated among his family and children and friends in a previous congregation, just these things that we value. And the thing I look forward to is just the continued evolution and being able to be part of this uh, family here, here. there. Here, here. And we are so grateful for Jared and Jamie and the life that they've created with, for their family. And uh, yeah, Jeff and I feel so thankful and that this, that this community is in good hands. So we are incredibly grateful. And when I look around, when we look around at who is in the room in this place, we are so thankful. There are it's, it's wonderful. We're so, so thankful. We feel so much peace. So thank you, God. 
Okay, permission to speak. <laughs> no, I'm asking you. I don't want to interrupt. I don't want to interrupt no, that. I, just go. We're just gonna, we, can, we, we committed to be interrupting each other, remember? All right. All right. Um, okay, so. Adrian, interrupt us. I wanted to say, really? Wow. Okay, I wanted to say. Okay, he went there. Um, I want to read a passage and say a couple things. So this is 1 Corinthians, the beginning of 1 Corinthians. If anybody knows anything about the church in Corinth, they were a mess. They were a mess, okay? And this is what Paul had to say to them. This, this community that was a mess, which I can relate, okay? We're a mess, but this is what Paul had to say. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way with all kind of speech, with all knowledge. God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, so this is 1 Corinthians 1 chapter, or verse 7, that just really has always blessed me over the years. Therefore, Paul says to the church in Corinth, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly await the Lord Jesus Christ to be really revealed. And I, I just always like, my heart has always depended on this passage because it's like God has given us everything we need in order to be the beautiful bride. And we don't have to be complete. You know, I was, I was raised in the church, and I'm extremely grateful for that. But also, like, in the 80s, I, I felt like I... As a kid growing up, like, I've, I heard the message, you have to be perfect. You have to be perfect in order for you to be good enough for God. And I don't think that any of our predecessors meant to say that. But I, that's definitely what I learned and what I kind of imbibed in my heart. And it's a bunch of bull. You know, I mean, I, it's funny because Jeff and I have been re-listening to Amy Grant lately. <laughs> We oh, come on, lead me on. That stood the test of time. Let's talk. So anyway, and we've been listening to Unguarded, okay? You better wise up. Anyway, so, but Amy Grant, we saw Amy Grant not be perfect enough. The media and the church destroyed her when she needed to leave her, her husband. So anyway, just like God does not ask any of us to be perfect. The Lord asks us to follow in that way, and to follow Jesus, that's it. <laughs> so when Paul says, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly await the revelation of Jesus Christ, receive that, Central Vineyard. You guys don't lack anything. We don't lack anything. Jared, Jamie, you guys don't lack anything. The Lord has given us everything we need and more. Can I get a witness on that? Amen. 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 The church is taken care of by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so the one story I wanted to say. Did you want to say something? No, no. What story are you going to say? I'm getting talky-talky. What story? Um, I wanted just to talk about um, uh, John Wimber always said. Um, We've got 10 minutes. Do you have 10 minutes? Oi. Okay. Um, John Wimber, the, the, and I don't even know if this is a John Wimberism or if this is just something that's been spread around. He's the founder like of the vineyard. Like You're not folk, expected like to know that. Like a folk tale in the vineyard. I don't know if it's him or if it's just, just a folk tale. Just tell a story. But the, 
I'm, I want to know which ones. Okay. Simmer down over there, pal. Okay. Too much coffee, man. That's Jeff's nickname. Too much coffee, man. So, um, so the, you guys have heard the phrase, if you've got the vision, you've got the job. Right? It's a, that's a vineyardism. If you've got the that's vision, that's a Pete Druckerism too. Oh, is it okay? Yeah. If you've got the vision, you've got the job. And so when we first started this church, we were back in Crestview Middle School. It was jank. <laughs> so how many we, cockroaches did our kids get to see? It was like a petting zoo for bugs. Exactly. It was the building over on Crestview and Indianola before it got renovated. It's now Indianola Middle or Indianola Informal, but it was not great. And Lindy, we we like all of the stuff for the church was held in our garage, literally. And every Sunday morning, Ray would come over and get a boiled egg from me. Remember that? And he, they would pick the stuff up and go over. I mean, it, we were, it was just out of our garage, literally. And I remember one week, um, Lindy came to me. Lindy came to Jeff and I and said, we need something for the babies. We need a room for the children. And, and we said, awesome, if you've got the vision, you got the job. Now, she actually offered before we even said that, though. What do you mean? That's what I'm saying. She said we need something for the kids and came. We, we didn't say you have the vision job. She had the vision and the job. Here, here. She went that's one That's what up. I meant. So anyway, there's just little things like that where, I mean, that's how we still work to this day. If, you, if we see a need and we have the resource for it, mm. then God has given us the grace to do it. And I love the fact that this, this community has just always, like, we are, Lord, what have you given to us? Help us be faithful with that little. And um, I think that's what, that's what you guys have all done, and I'm grateful for it. And I don't think that's going to stop. Yeah. And I love that. And I remember, like, it was, it was difficult. You want to talk about dangerous for the babies, right? Like open pipes. Remember that? Sorry, honey. Sorry, honey. Jeff has a story. Oh, I, to, I just want to share a couple, because this isn't nostalgia time. The nostalgia actually was originally seen as a mental illness. Actually, living in the past, it, the Bible has a whole different thing called gratitude. What are you trying to say? Gratitude. But I love the Bible. It gives a quick summary and says, and God's love endures forever. Amen. Quick summary. God's love endures forever. Remember when he whipped, pulled our rear out of the fire this time? His love endures forever. And people say, I hate repetitive worship songs. Well, God doesn't. <laughs> You know, what else are you supposed to say? How do you improve on his love endures forever? I mean, it just over, over, over. And I always think that our psalms, our lives become a psalm. Our love, his love endures forever. But I've got kind of the, my version of it has some of the funniest little summary statements. I think of like, uh, one story that I think summarizes how uh, this church kind of functions is, you know, in, in there's boats like, tiny little boats, swift boats, or racing boats that can turn on a dime and go in any direction. And there's container ships that can't turn really at all, but they're able to bring a lot of things there. And you need both uh, for the world to function. Our world wouldn't function without our maritime industries. You can't do everything over the air. I always thought Central Vineyard's kind of a swift boat. You know, we don't have the resources of a container ship, but we can turn quickly. And a couple examples of that. In the wind, but you know what? On a swift boat, on a container ship, you don't even know you're on the water. Everything's just so smooth. On a swift boat, 
I need to have my Dramamine all the time, my, my Meclizine, where I'll be throwing up, because swift boats run on choppy waters. But I've, I a couple of memories. I remember it's been, what, 20 years since the, uh, the uh, hur- I mean, New Orleans were hit basically by a hurricane, tsunami, Katrina, yeah. Katrina. And I remember, like, we just had a blog. We did, Facebook wasn't thing yet. We had a blog, and we would do stuff. And I remember we said, well, let's just try to see if we can raise some money and figure some stuff out. We did a post at 8.30 that morning. About 9 o'clock, uh, Clay Elliott, you know, his children part of our church calls me and says, I have a diesel box truck. I hear all the unleaded gasoline is gone in that part. We have a diesel truck, and we, we, can you fill it? So I, we edited the post. Nikki goes to school. Was it CSG? Nikki goes to CSG and says, we have a way to get resources, and we already, Vineyard had a distribution center within an hour set up. Baby formula. It, it, water, I don't get that. I don't get that. Uh, food. Yes. We need shelf, all that. Shelf stable food. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, and Nikki basically got us like 10 grand. Everyone else gave. We had some like, and it ended up with like 30 grand within about an hour and a half from there. Then we got to buy the stack, buy all the shelf stable stuff out of Gordon Foods. I felt like Brewster's Millions. So, you know, we go there and just buy it. We just, we'll take this. Then I get another call from, A.J. Babcock's mom, who saw our blog post, goes, I work at Ross Industries. We can sell you formula at cost, not wholesale at cost. And we filled up the rest of that box truck with baby formula. Two hours after that, it was driving down to Kenner, uh, where we had our uh, distribution center. They hadn't even built, and it was so heavy, they had to real-time build like a little bridge to get it through this part, said, yeah, we weren't expecting for a few more days. And as you know, the government took two weeks to get water down there, pretty much. It was, and we were, got to be literally this little swift boat on choppy waters. It's always three steps forward, two steps back. And you guys, or some of you, you all are in the spirit of this to this day. I love that that's one of your sweet Got memories. that done. But so what cool. I loved is how God used our smallness in our and even the the small choppy boatness to really do a kingdom thing and then reproduce that with Asia's Hope that we got to be a part of the relaunch of the ministry Asia's Hope that now a multinational and what we were able to then model basically almost like an 18 year long model do something that literally uh, I was my cousin was on my first trip to Cambodia. And he was telling me what it was like. And I said, oh, yeah, Cambodia. First of all, remember seeing all those kids even like that were obviously being sex trafficked and stuff? You don't see that on the streets anymore. It's exponentially gone down. You were part of that. You know, this idea that once again, being that choppy swift boat that's three step, you know, three good things, two mistakes, the net is gain. And then I remember uh, sending the Buckleys out to Tanzania and Let's just be honest, everything, they were part of a team and everything, and it freaking blew up. It blew up. It, it, a cross-cultural ministry is hard. And I know, like, uh, Jared, myself, uh, Patrick, and a whole team, we were just kind of interfacing with them as their lives are essentially falling apart in total chaos, and even threats to their safety regarding some 
other shenanigans that were going on there. Those were some tough moments. And I look, we've got a, a thriving church that they were able to hand off and Thank you, uh, Jesus. Uh, systemically disrupting the, uh, the treatment of widows in a whole area yeah. and changing the economy and the fabric of people's lives. And I look to um, sending out uh, Jared and Franklinton Abbey. And I've always said this about churches. Every church is finite. None of Paul or Peter or James's churches are still around. They had kids. Churches have kids, and churches birth other churches, and churches birth movements. But being a kind of a student of church history, all my favorite things that's happened in the first thousand years of the church have no real contiguous monuments to what's happening other than practice and what i believe god and there's something to that (laughs) and what god's birthed into franklinton abbey and what in and uh, the order of the common life has created rhythms practices and reclaimed insights i've been passionate about for the last 23 years but i feel like i've been able to go so much deeper for the labor they did and i feel like it was this uh artistic installation for a time because you never know how on anything's going to go, per se. Amen. We don't but make monuments to ourselves. That's, even, that's beautiful. Even as they were closing the doors of that iteration, order of the common life is, is basically uh, what I could say, like, in part, which is a school of spiritual formation, training people to help from others. The ancillary fruit of what they did ended up becoming one of the most important things to pastor me through the tail end of some real traumatic times. So I look at that, I celebrate birthing Franklinton Abbey for the season God had laid out for it. And one of my favorite uh, consolations, things have drawn me close to Christ last year, is a lot of the fruit of what you guys did in your life together that has become resident within this garden we had some plants transplanted and they seem to be doing really well and our garden sure looks really nice with all the new plants and so i look at that. now here, i could here. go on the list forever i could go forever on this i'm going to do kind of an examine of the last 20 years over the next three months where i'm journaling about this maybe i'll have some other things to share someday i think of oh I, I just think i want to say another thing it's like planting uh, Michael, I remember uh, we kind of were able to do lo-fi worship before anyone really, there was a reaction against the polish of making worship too much performance and being able to start with Mike with this ethos where we're acoustic guitar under the tree leading worship. At Whetstone, under the tree at Whetstone We don't need no stinking PA system. If there's a power outage, nothing stops us. Nothing's going to break our stride. And even being able to like produce, like put put out, (laughs) we got to put out even three albums of worship music that really reflected the matte finish, not gloss, the walking wounded, the the limping leaders, the wounded healers. And I just saw like, uh, just, there's too much to share, guys. All this to I say is... Oh. I wanted to just say that this has been... Um, this season has been really... Jeff and I are just like, wow, what do we feel? Because... Don't know. It's tough to suss out, like, how, what are we feeling? 
Is it joy? Is it grief? And is it celebration? Is it loss? And the answer to that is a resounding yes. <laughs> right? We feel all of it. And together, Jeff and I are, um, as, we, as we go away for a little while, we are going to be processing through a lot, I think, and taking some time to just heal. Um, I guess just what I want to, our heart this morning was that y'all would be encouraged, that you would be blessed, that you would be at peace, and that you would just know how, how much like God's blessing is in this place and on this church. The Lord has, mm. the Lord has been so good to us. I, one of my early prayers when we started the church was just like, Lord, allow us to, um, allow us to always be a safe space. Mm. That was one of my early prayers. Like, Lord, let people who are really in pain be safe here. And I'm so grateful that God has always kept us. God has always kept this church safe. Um, and, you know, there have been threats over the years, but I, God has always kept us safe. And I'm just so thankful for that. And I pray that that always continues and because all of us are part of that. Um, but ultimately, God, God's the one who keeps us. Even when we are threatened, God keeps us. God heals us. Um, that's it. I had a, I, I just, clearly, Jeff wants to speak. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> I've just had Bane. That's from the 80s. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, what I, I, I want to invite, uh, I guess, Carl, did you have a thing like wanting to pray? Like you and Jared were going to kind of pray, and we were going to pray for a prayer for Jared, and then invite the Eucharist team up. Does that sound right? So, well, um, but I wanted to say a couple things. Is I, This has been the best place to raise our kids. Our kids are adults now, Ian and Kathleen. And Ian's really active in his church, kind of actually helping with the Alpha Ministry and a hundred other things. And Kathleen was on staff until about a month ago at Hyde Park Vineyard. And Now you bragging. No, I'm, I'm excited. But what I loved is I, I grew up when I... One of my ministries at college was reaching out to pastor, drug-addicted pastor's kids who really got crushed under legalism, and I would just basically, uh, I had a heart for that because almost everyone in my dorm the very first year I had who grew up in that life, I mean, I... That's my husband. Head of his, the evangelical free, and I would just thought, like, the church, and that's something that was on my heart in high school even, is just all the ways that people get hurt in the name of Jesus, in our culture in particular, by being that. And having my kids kind of, they've borne a We're lot just of... like, no, in the name of Jesus. They've borne no. a lot of shrapnel, but the shrapnel they've gotten isn't having to be image conscious. It's just, you know, if someone they've done life together and had dinner with ends up just kind of flaking out or going off the rails, they felt the pain like we felt the pain. I think what both my kids have articulated, the hardest thing to do, uh, and Ian said this, just is when people like transfer stuff onto us that's from someone else, and then the kids have heard along with us in that. But I wanted to say uh, something happened this Christmas that I wanted to leave you with. Like something had just happened in our family. Because part of what we've tried to do is just model being transparent works in progress here. 
And we've talked a lot in this church of the years about peacemaking. Now keep in mind, uh, there's a, a lot of people give lip service to peacemaking and reconciliation. And really, the only way to really go into peacemaking is where both sides are in a pattern of being able to acknowledge their brokenness when they're wrong. When they, when they're, and when they're, to be willing to listen. Yeah, to being willing another, to listen yeah. and being clothed in humility. And humility takes time. Putting on that garment of humility takes a long time. But when you have that kind of trust, stuff still hits the fan on a routine basis. And we had, a, we had a Ian and Claudia and Adrian and Kathleen and six of us living in a house for, for and Adrian Cook, Adrian and Kathleen Cook in the house together for a week and a half. And we had conflict. Yes. We had conflict a, f- a few times. It got embarrassing. It was mainly his fault. No, <laughs> we got embarrassing. And I loved it how Claudia and Adrian one night just led us through a family meeting with a talking stick. And we, were a, we just Absolutely. said, yeah, this is awkward. We're working through conflict here. We're it learning. was actually a talking glue stick because yeah. we had all made collages together at the time. Yeah, and the talking glue stick. And I'm sharing this as a way I want to speak a blessing to you central vineyard is it was brutal it was awesome it was humiliating or humbling or but what we found is like i kind of thought this i said guys do you realize this how many times have you had this in maybe how many how many times have you heard of this happening in an extended family dinner like where everyone ends up like hugging each other it's like yeah this is awkward as hell but and it is and beautiful and is heaven. Apologizing and listen, hearing how we hurt one another. Family that glues together sticks together. Yeah, yes. family that glues together. Claudia is extremely punny. So is Jeff. So I'm warning you guys. Okay, they can but go for Central hours. Vineyard, it will make your brain explode. This is an extended. This is an extended family, and every day is holy. That's a good one. And I encourage you guys is. Uh, Embrace the relational way of, of moving forward together. Be, always be conscious that everyone's got a rear end and they all stink. Okay. And on everyone's that note, beautiful. We are, we are, and we are commit way over to, time, my darling commi- love. Commit to the bumps and the beauty. The best is yet to come. Amen. So um, I guess, uh, Jared, could you come up here? Jeff is like a walking bumper sticker, and I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jared, we love you. I thank you. Jamie. Jamie. Come on. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't talked this through really. <laughs> guys, you guys, just on a personal level, thank you for caring for me and Adrian uh, in the last number of months. And I just think that's a preview of your care for this congregation is you kind of prepare us for another 20 or whatever years, whatever that looks like. And uh, um, I guess now... Uh, a little bit of prep time for what's next. And I'm, I'm excited uh, to be pastored by you guys. And I love you. Love you too, brother. So in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, uh, the torch is passed. <laughs> All right? Amen. Amen. Now, you guys...
You want, well, set, give us a little prayer, then we'll uh, do the Eucharist. We'll Send us a... do the Eucharist, and then I'm going to pray for you. Oh, that sounds good. Notice I still, after 20 years, don't get the order right. <laughs> I asked Adrian today, what time's the service start? That's better. Good morning. We now turn towards the Eucharist or the Lord's Supper. We share together in this meal each week, participating in the meal that Jesus shared with his disciples. And I would invite the worship team to come on up. We're here because Jesus extends to us an invitation. Strangers and friends believers and doubters, the certain and the curious. It is always a mixed company that Jesus gathers and invites to his table, where in the bread and cup he meets us. And through him, we who are different are joined together as one body. So come, not because you understand, but because you are understood. Come not because of how you feel, but because God has food for you. Come not because you feel deserving, but because Jesus invites you and welcomes you just as you are. Scripture invites us to examine ourselves before coming to the table. We become aware of our faults so that we can receive grace in our time of need. We confess so that we can partner with God for our healing. So we confess together through the confession song. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought in word and deed by what we have done by what we have left Mercy and for 
individually packaged wafer and juice, those are available. 